This week on Ultra 64, we are boom shaka kind of, because we're playing NBA Hang Time and NBA Showtime, and they're kind of NBA Jam, basically. Yes? No? Yeah, they are. Welcome to Ultra 64. We are the Internet's comprehensive Nintendo 64 podcast. Each week we are playing a different randomly selected game from our catalog of Nintendo 64 games, and we're going to keep playing them until we get them all in the hoop, because that's where they go. Nothing, I'm Steve nothing but net. A net full of Nintendo 64 games. I am slam dunk champion Woody Siskowski. <laughs> yes. High above the rim. Way up there. I can't even see him. He's teen wolfing it right now. Is it the shoes? I don't know. <laughs> it's that he's got flubber on his shoes. <laughs> exactly. And a twinkle in his eye. Uh, welcome to the uh, episode. We're here. We're playing we're, we're this here. episode. I yeah. feel like all we do is play sports games now, Steve. That seems to be the only games on this system. Yeah, I think it is. I think it is. We're working our way through them. But this one's kind of special because this is us revisiting our long lost episode. Uh, so we actually recorded this episode on NBA Hangtime before the podcast was even out. It was like the, the second se- It was or a seven third. episode. No, I think it was the third episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was uh, Space Invaders, Fighters, Destiny. And then, and then this. Yeah. And uh, so I, I brought my laptop and all my equipment over to Woody's apartment, and we recorded there. I apparently have a ghost that lives and in my apartment. There's something going wrong, because, yeah, we got home and we realized that, like, the whole track was too staticky to use. There was nothing salvageable from it. So we just scrapped it, decided to revisit it at a later date, and that date has arrived. We and it's also why, like, there. yeah, I'm afraid to record anywhere but right here now. Well, you you also have these nice little mic hangers and stuff. Yeah, you have a really we, we up, setup going here. We now. upgraded today. We've got a little boom arms. We've got little shock mounts on the mics and everything. Yeah, it's, we'll uh, have Aerosmith in here recording. We're looking you know anytime, anytime. Walk, walk this way, Aerosmith. Yeah, dude, you look Rep- like a lady. Come on in. <laughs> Music is the weapon. Yes, yes. Revolution that, X. Let's not take the elevator because uh, he finds love in there frequently. Yeah, I don't know and any he's, more Aerosmith. He's living songs. it up while he's going down. I'm crazy for Aerosmith songs. I'm okay. I, I'm crying when I don't hear them. <laughs> now I'm done. <laughs> Thank you. No, I don't want to miss a thing in this podcast, <laughs> so I'm just gonna I'm gonna wrap that up. Uh, yeah. So we're talking about NBA Hang Time and the clunkily named NBA Showtime NBA on NBC. I don't like that title. I don't no. like having NBA in there twice. Exactly. It should just be NBA Showtime on NBC. Yeah, or it just could be it could be NBA Showtime, or it could be NBA on NBC, or NBC I, presents NBA Showtime. No, because you still have the problem of having well. No, I don't NBC. Know. NBC pres- there's too oh, many. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. There's too many ends in the name. Too many ends, and I, I just, I feel like it's clunky. And uh, either you, you have two perfectly good titles, and when you mash them together, you have one big long dumb title. So I don't know. Yeah, I understand. I don't know licensing why it, and stuff, but whatever. Yeah, well, it's also confusing in the sense that you. I don't feel like NBA, and we'll get to this when we talk about Showtime mm. more, but I don't feel like that title sort of connotes what the game is. Not because really. Because it, it plays very similar to NBA Hangtime, but if I was just to see a game called NBA Showtime, NBA on NBC, I would not think that. You I feel would like think, you'd, you'd be watching real sports, right? I would think yeah, it yeah. would work very hard to simulate because they went and got the TV license and stuff like that. Like, yeah. why buy a TV license for your fake arcade game? Yeah, yeah, why? Yeah, that doesn't really make sense to me. 
Uh, it was fun to go back. Like I kept my notes from oh, nice. when we first did the episode way back then. Cause I'm like, all right, well we're going to reuse it. Now, the That's like not two changed. years later now. Yeah. And it was shocking to see how few notes I used to take <laughs> like in the early days before we kind of figured out how we're doing the show. Like it was just like, wow, this, this would have filled five minutes. And I don't know. I, I can gush about you can gush about it. And I'm actually, time. I'm actually counting so, on that tonight. Too. Yeah. I'm going to let you take it. I got, I got a, literally a pocket full of gushers. Oh my God. And I am ready to gush. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm excited for it. Uh, so we are back in the arcade sports realm. Uh, last, last visited, visited with NFL Blitz, yeah. which we both enjoyed very much. We did, yeah, yeah, absolutely. You more than me, but still, yeah, that's just that's going to be a recurring that's theme. That's going to be a recurring theme, yeah. I think. But that's I think okay. the fact that a football game cracked your top fifty speaks very that's highly of NFL that takes, Blitz. That so. takes a lot. That takes yeah. a lot. No, I do enjoy NFL Blitz. Uh, so this one is carrying on the proud tradition of its spiritual predecessor, N- NBA Jam. And it's going to be hard not to talk too much about NBA Jam because we have N- we have an NBA Jam episode coming up. Well, so we'll it kind get of into spun sort of, off. There's a there's sort of a legal battle involved here, the thrilling world of video game legal battles. Oh yes, so yeah, to, to go back a little farther, sort of the general history of this sort of flashy arcade basketball, I think, starts with the game Arch Rivals. Yes, which was an arcade game and got ported to the NES and a few systems like that. And you know that's a two on two basketball game. Um, where the gimmick is that you can just punch people. Yeah. And it has, Arch Rivals has one of the most satisfying um, sound effects in video game history is the punching sound effect. It just goes, Push! Oh, right. Push! Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And it, it's it's so satisfying. And the, the other guy's sprite just kind of falls horizontal <laughs> to the court. And it just, it, it, it's really a highly entertaining game. It's not a fantastic game. No. Um, but it's really fun. You can also um, pants people in that game by running, oh, to, right. running to punch them and then pressing it. You'll dive. And if you get them from behind, you'll pull down their pants. And they'll kind of stand there in a little pose trance <laughs> just looking humiliated um i i always confuse that one with double dribble okay that's another nes kind of arcadey one right or is I, that I haven't played i think that's a little more straightforward, it's a little more straightforward. Uh, okay yeah because then nba jam was kind of the direct spiritual successor to arch rivals yeah um which was intentional the the developers the lead developers on these were uh mark termel and sal devita and they kind of stuck with the series from then on i didn't also realize mark termel is the guy who made smash tv uh, which is really? Are yeah. you sure it wasn't Eugene Jarvis? Yeah, no, it was uh, Mark Tremell. Yeah, Ooh, yeah, yeah. Man. So he was lead programmer. Man, on these Smash Midway TV. guys are like my programming heroes, right? They yeah, they're doing amazing so stuff. many I games. Think you, that Eugene I love. Jarvis is the guy who did Robotron, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And cruising, cruising USA. Yeah, and uh, 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 Mark Tremell was not. Uh, uh, shy about admitting it's like yeah no i was taking a lot from robotron yeah. like that was my favorite game so yeah he he admitted it but i think it's different enough that it's not quite in robotron clone but the, yeah the DNA no it, it definitely expands on yeah. the things of robotron. it does and it gives it a goofy running man both, theme and yeah, yeah both robotron and smash tv are fantastic total games. fun yeah total blast twin stick shooters are kind of where it's at yeah they're, I love they're twin pretty stick rad shooters. Um, so yeah, uh, he, currently Mark Tamell is the artistic director for EA Tiburon, so he's doing pretty well for himself. So after, you know, mid, I think Art Travels was a Midway game, mm-hmm. and then um, they sort of expanded on that and got the NBA license to yeah. use real players, whereas... Um, <laughs> Arch Rivals just has fake players with names like Tyrone and Rex um, with little descriptions that just say a great player and defensive powerhouse and all-American. And then one guy just flag who's like... His his whole stats just says bad. Bad, yes. Don't pick this guy. My name's Flank and I'm bad. Um... And so NBA Jam was one of the first games that had the whole license for the NBA. It was pretty early. I don't know. 
Yeah, I know there had been a couple. I think one of the earliest NBA games to get licensed was called One on One Jordan versus Bird. Oh, I think and right, it had Michael yeah. Jordan and Larry Bird, and it was a hit for home computers. And that game actually sort of started Midway or not Midway EA mm. as a company and sort of put their emphasis on sports games. Um, nice. But anyway, so NBA Jam, yeah, had early licensing of the players, and um, it was a huge hit. And and do you have any numbers on NBA Jam over there? No, but the 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 constant thing that was said about it was that NBA Jam was the game that made a billion dollars in quarters. Isn't that said imagine, about every game that makes a billion dollars in thing. quarters? That's the thing. Like, uh, but that was kind of the common refrain about NBA Jam in particular. Yeah. So I don't have the sales numbers to back it's that one of up. The I big, wouldn't doubt it. Well, I don't know if I, I might probably doubt the it. Big Ten significant. I don't know if we were to make like a list of like the huge arcade smashes that came through, like of that era in particular. Yeah, yeah you have Smash. That would have probably Street replaced. Fighter. That would be a little after Street Fighter, I think. Street Fighter 2? Yeah, Street Fighter 2 was the biggest. Mortal Kombat was just below that. And yeah. then I think NBA Jam would be up there. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was a big one. I I don't recall if I've ever actually played it in arcade. I must have at some point. Yeah, they have... These sports but... games had the annoying uh, caveat of they would charge you by but literally the quarter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and the quarter of the game. Like, you would only be able to play two minutes until, unless you put in more money. Yeah. So essentially a game costs like $2. Yeah, yeah. Um, which seemed pricey at the time. Yeah, it was, yeah. Now, like, any arcade is just like $2. When you go to those fancy arcades, like Dave & Buster's, like, any game is like Oh, $2. yeah, true. Like, anything you do in Vegas or something. I mean, I find we have a lot of, like, kind of little barcades around Bellingham yeah. here, and they're all fairly reasonable. I think you're not going to see a game over a dollar. No, but I those, guess there's, but... there's a lot of the ones where you, like, sit in the consoles right. or have the little bike that you go on. Yeah, those get a little more pricey. Well, let's talk about NBA Hangtime. Let's segue straight from NBA, NBA Jam. So NBA Hangtime was developed and published by Midway, released on the N64 on January 17th, 1997. It also appeared in arcades on PS1, on Super Nintendo, on Genesis, and on Windows. Tragically, the GameCom port was canceled before I could get my grubby little mitts on it. But uh, the, this was a re- release in arcades originally in 1996. This is one of the few games we have on the N64 that was ported to, like, last-gen systems. Yeah. Like, that also appears... Like, so what else would it be? Killer Instinct and... Well, the Killer Instinct that was a different game. One. Yeah, Killer Instinct like Gold the, was two. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. But, like, yeah, there weren't many um, that... Uh, that kind of appeared on those last no, systems. I can't, like, I can't, I can't really think, think of too many any. others. But um, uh, Hangtime did appear on Genesis and Super Nintendo. Yeah, and, and so it's very confusingly named, and we'll talk about this more, I think, when we get into the NBA Jam podcast. But, right. So NBA Jam was this huge hit, and then there was this legal battle between Acclaim and Midway, and Midway ended up losing the rights to use the NBA Jam name. Mm. And so this game... Is was it like sense- the Smuckers people? Were like, did they own the rights on that, or or, or was it Jock? Ah, no, they, that was, no. so they, their sequel is NBA Jelly. <laughs> NBA it, took, Jelly. it took me a while to figure out where you're going with that one. <laughs> That's okay. It's uh, late. It's late. So um, basically, this is very confusing because there is NBA Jam games mm. on the Nintendo 64, but NBA Hangtime is the real sequel to NBA Jam in the yeah. sense that it's by the same guys. And I can't actually comment on what those NBA Jam games are like. We on haven't got to them. Yet. We haven't gotten to them. I, I know that they're not. Them. They're not as arcadey as right. these games. Just they, just from the look of it, like it's trying to be a little more of a straightforward. Yeah, uh, I, I think, uh, I'm sure. There's like still sim. like arcadey, like people. They're on fire elements and things like that. But it's definitely this NBA Hangtime is really just a natural extension of NBA. Jam. They're more proper. They don't say boom shakalaka. They say Boomington shakalaka. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and then yeah. when they do a big, you instead of breaking the glass, you break the glass on someone's monocle. <laughs> oh my! Black backboard. The Duke of Winchester is not amused. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, yeah, so, yeah, as you said, this was meant to be a sequel all to NBA Jam. Uh, but, yeah, so it, it got kind of all complicated with that. Uh, but like NBA Jam, this is a goofy, action-packed, arcade version of basketball rather than like a straight-up sim. Yeah, super this is... super stripped down, super yeah. simplified, just like uh, NFL buttons. Blitz had only like, yeah, eight eight players, three buttons. This game has two players yeah. per team and two buttons. Which, or three buttons because you've got turbo to run fast. Yeah, exactly. We have 29 available teams here with five players per team, which is not bad. Nope. All, all real players, all real teams. And it's and, all their real likeness too. Like yeah. they all they all offer. It has like digitized images that Midway was leaning on really hard. Oh at yeah, this time. post Mortal Kombat. Yeah, they yeah. wanted everything in there. Uh, so yeah, like like you can execute all these over the top like dunks and slams. You can fly like thirty feet in the air yeah. and then come down and light on fire. They have hilarious uh, sound effects like a plane flying through the air, and um, when you miss, it does this hilarious boing sound effect, mm-hmm. which, as we know, is always a hit for me. Boink. Um, yeah, and if you make three baskets on a row, in a row, you get on fire, which is the famous announced remark, he's on fire! Mm-hmm. Um, which you're not supposed to yell in a crowded arena, by the no, way. No, yeah. you definitely not. Yeah. Um, and then your stats go way up, but if you um, if you're op- the opposing team makes a shot while you're on fire, you lose that fire. Exactly, yeah. Uh, you know, pretty stripped down, pretty fun and basic. Uh, the cover athlete on this one is a cartoony version of Patrick Ewing. Mm-hmm. So a little bit about him. Uh, Ewing was a seven-foot-tall Jamaican-American center best known for his long career with the Knicks, whom he played for from 1985 to 2000. He also had brief stints with the Sonics and with the Magic before uh, transitioning to a career as an assistant coach. Uh, Ewing is an 11-time All-Star and a Pro Basketball Hall of Famer. And he's generally considered one of the best to ever play the game. Also, apparently a super nice dude because uh, I was looking That's him up. That's good. Uh, Usually you try to dig up the dirt on I do. I try athletes. and dig up the dirt. Uh, <laughs> all I can find is that he he's a teetotaler, doesn't drink, doesn't do drugs. Okay. And uh, in 2000, Miami Heat center Alonzo Mourning had to sit out the season because he had a serious kidney illness. And Ewing offered to give up his kidney. Wow. To Alonzo Mourning, who was not even on his same team. They were just buddies, and he offered to give up his kidney. Ultimately, he got tested, but uh, Mourning's cousin was a better match. Wow. But, like, the dude was prepared to straight up give his kidney. That's that's pretty that's, that's pretty rad. Uh, currently, Ewing is uh, serving as a head coach for the Georgetown Hoyas. Uh, so, yeah, he's doing great. He's a kick-ass guy. So do you think um, that this just has to do with this sort of being the era that we grew up in. But would you say that this is sort of the most significant time of basketball? It was around it was. this sort of mid nineties, late um, I, mid, like mid late eighties to mid late nineties. I feel I like say. there was so many players around this time who sort of had enough of a reputation to kind of go past just basketball. Like yeah. we know who like Charles Barkley are and Shaq yeah. and Carl Malone um, and of course, Michael Jordan. Um, whereas now, you sort of, unless you follow basketball, you only know like I know LeBron, I know Steph Curry. Yeah, uh, that's yep. kind of about it for me. But I don't really follow it very closely. But yeah, I feel like these people were sort of cultural institutions, following in the footsteps of Jordan. I, again, I I want to ha- try and have a NBA podcast where we don't bring up Space Jam. But yeah. like, how much it, of this do you think is Space yeah. Jam? Honestly, like, so a lot of the players I know, I know only because of watching that movie that's a lot fair. when I was young. So. so I just played the Space Jam video game for PlayStation One. Oh, that can't be good, right? You well, see, my philosophy is this can't be bad, really, because there's a really good Super Nintendo games called looney tunes basketball hmm. which is just a ripoff of nba jam but you have like cartoony superpowers yeah, yeah, and yeah. it's actually a lot of fun whereas space jam is not good um so 
I, it was just surprising to me that they had already designed the template for a fun game and then they botched it. Yeah. So don't don't play uh, don't play Space Jam for the PS One. <laughs> Looney Tunes is another one of those licenses that's really hit or miss yeah. in any other format. Like, well, we have one Looney Tunes game in the N sixty four that we're going to get to. Well, which uh, one is that? Duck Dodger. Oh right, yeah. I think and, it, uh, they probably have a real willingness to lend out their uh, at this point their yeah. likeness and uh, the license. So yeah. Like, Different companies get a hang of it and either do very good stuff or very crappy stuff. But I will say I was uh, in Spokane recently and had nothing to do and I was bored. So I put on Looney Tunes back in action. Mm-hmm. That movie's fun as hell. Really? That movie's great. It's so much better than Space Jam. It's a blast. <laughs> okay. There's so much clever shit in there. It's great. It's so fun. It's like a Joe Dante joint. So there's like all kinds of director cameos. Wait, you put it on. Like... Does that imply that you like had it with you? No, it okay. was uh, no, it, it was you on didn't Amazon. Like, oh, you didn't pack it in your DVD case. You're no, like, oh, no, 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 no. Looney Tunes back in action. No, I don't own that one. But you know what? I wouldn't be embarrassed on that. You one. own that you clever. own a lot of movies. I'm surprised you don't own that one. I do, and it's... most like I intentionally buy movies that are not good too. Like, <laughs> yeah. but, but this one I think is like a pretty good movie. Uh, anyway, that's that's a diversion. So the Jam and the Hangtime series have always kind of been known for their outlandish, like, secret characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so Jam had uh, President and First Lady Bill and Hillary Clinton in there, as well as uh, Al Gore. And I think as a joke, that like, Bill Clinton's in there, and then George Clinton from P-Funk oh, is in that's, there. That's a pretty good <laughs> that's joke. That's pretty clever. That's pretty yeah. clever. You know, so they've got some pretty clever stuff. Uh, Hangtime has quite a few of them. So there's a lot of, like... Just people who worked at Midway that are yeah, hidden I don't, in here. I don't think any of the hidden characters are quite as exciting as Bill or Hillary Clinton. No, no. But uh, a couple of the big ones we get were uh, Ed Boon, uh-huh. creator co-creator. Of Mortal Kombat. Yeah, co-creator of Mortal Kombat. The, the noob in Noob Cybot. Uh, in the arcade version, I believe, I don't get me wrong, don't, don't, mis- or don't quote me on this if I'm wrong, but uh, Matthew Perry... <laughs> Was in the arcade version. Was yeah, no, I, we had a pretty reliable source on this. Right, right, right. So, yeah, which we'll get to in a minute. We will get to that in a minute. Uh, mm-hmm. Kobe Bryant is in snuck into this first one. Uh, this would have been his rookie season, right? And uh, they kind of jammed him in last minute because he just signed a deal to do the courtside games with Nintendo, so they wanted to represent him in there. And he's kind of hidden there. His stats are not very good. No, but there's I mean, actually rookie a year, yeah. couple players in this game who you know for those talk of sort of those huge players. Um, there's no Michael Jordan in NBA Hang Time. Yeah. Um, there's no Charles Barkley. Mm-mm. And there's no Shaquille O'Neal. Because Barkley uh, had, they, they all had their own licenses at this time. So Barkley had Shut Up and Jam. Oh, yeah, that beloved, that beloved, beloved license. Uh, Which I think Jordan was very was dead after one game. Chaos in the Windy City. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> oh, uh, Shaq was Shaq Fu. Oh, man, they all oh, were a bunch so of good. winners. But... Yeah, it was good that they removed their license from this beloved game yeah. to be in those three games. All there... of which I have played. I don't know the exact deal for why Shaq isn't in here, but there was some kind of mix-up with his management. Like, mm. it wasn't that he wanted to be in the game uh but but something got fucked up in the communication along the way and that's why in the next game he not only is in it he's on the cover yeah you know so did crime time make up for that but uh the most important uh, <laughs> hidden character we need to be talking about today is dan amrick so who is dan amrick you might ask that was kind of what we were asking yeah. at the same time too uh so we looked him up and he is a writer he's a journalist he's a musician based in san francisco so he's very weirdly like in when you so to all these hidden characters you mm. type in a code on the create a player menu and um they'll come up and so his is amrick and then the code is 2020 yeah. and then you get this like goofy looking guy with bunny ears and right you're like who is this guy exactly um, yeah we don't know who this guy is so he uh he was a writer for uh game pro for a long time we know him as dan electro if you read that for for very long and uh at the time he was doing this he was working for slam but you know what 
I think I'm going to let him tell it. Uh, so that's a little special surprise. We got an interview with Dan Amrick himself. He came on to tell us the story. Uh, he was an awesome, super nice guy. Yeah. Gave us like a, lo- a really long like yeah, interview. The, the full like, interview he, is like an hour long. Yeah, and as as kind of a little special bonus, we're going to run the full unedited interview uh, on Wednesday of next week. We're going to yeah. release that as a little bonus episode for you guys. But uh, we're going to put a little bit of the interview here so you can hear how Dan came to be in this game. And uh, enjoy. He's he's a great guy. He's got some great stories about working in the industry at the time. And uh, yeah, so boom shakalaka. Well, welcome back to Ultra Sixty Four. Uh, we are the Internet's comprehensive Nintendo Sixty Four podcast, and we are very very excited because we have a special guest joining us today. Ah, oh, man, this guy wears so many hats. He is a writer. He is a journalist. He is a musician. He is an actor. He is a community manager. He's done a little bit of everything, including being a video game character. He is, this is the first time we have interviewed someone in one of the games we played. I know. This is the thing. I've, I've been a journalist. I worked as a journalist for several years. I have my degree in journalism. I've interviewed a lot of people. I've never gotten to interview a video game character, so this is very exciting. Uh, please welcome Dan Amrick to the show. Hello. Oh, Dan. How, how is the audience supposed to welcome him, Steve? They're at home. Well, I, I, I cheering. Yeah. If they're in their cars or something, they're probably just saying, you know, oh, yes, well, welcome, Dan. Yeah. I assume everybody is, is now just saying that. Everyone's so, saying so, it out yes. loud. People yeah. are walking thank down the street you. with it's, their earbuds. It's nice to be here. Oh, thank you so much for agreeing to come on. Yeah, we... Uh, we we were kind of researching the uh, uh, upcoming episode on NBA Hangtime and its sequel, NBA Showtime, and we were looking into who the hidden characters in this game were, and one of them was Ed Boon, the from uh, Mortal Kombat, which made sense, 1995 sure. midway game. Would be surprised if he wasn't in it. And then the other was Dan Amrick, who uh, I, I admit I had to look up who you were, and then I saw the name Dan Electro, and I'm like, oh, I know immediately who this guy is. I used to read your uh, reviews all the time. And uh, uh, so I was very excited. So uh, tell us a little bit about how you got to be a part of this video game. Well, it's funny you mentioned journalism because uh, basically everything you were taught to do correctly, uh, <laughs> thats I, I did it wrong, and that's how I got into the game. Okay. <laughs> uh, the first, first rule of journalism is do not make yourself the story. Yes, do not get involved. Uh, and, yeah. and so... I was actually, this is pre-GamePro, this was around 1994, Mm. early 1994, I was writing for a brand new print magazine called Slam Magazine. It was a very different magazine for the time, you know, sports journalism was very, like, you know, uh, very staid, very stoic, and very professional, and Slam came in with this very, like, urban take on basketball. It was very much, like, uh, about street basketball, but also the pros from a street perspective. So they would follow high school players as they went up, uh, you know, stuff like that. It was, it was really great stuff. And all these cool hip writers are at this company where I was working. Uh, I actually worked for Guitar World magazine. And on the side, they were doing Slam, and they did a video game magazine and, as well. And so uh, they needed a video game columnist for Slam. And I was one of the people who showed an interest. I didn't know that much about basketball. Okay. But I, I learned as I went. And, of course, I was like, well, I like NBA Jam. That's great. <laughs> So they're like, great, you're hired. <laughs> uh, oh, to be back in those days. Oh, man. Yeah, so they're like, you, you know what these video game <laughs> yeah, things exactly. are, right? I'm like, yeah, pretty pretty well do. Uh, so I, uh, my, one of my boyhood heroes growing up on, like, Atari 2600 stuff was Mark Turmel, the creator of NBA Jam. Yeah. Now, and what so were some other him- games that Mark Turmel created? Like, I don't remember his career going back that far. Like, Yeah, he was, he was sort of a... a, a, a 
he was like this boy genius, right? Yeah. So he was 17 or 18 when he got his first game published. Oh, wow. Uh, he did a game for the Apple II mm. called uh, Sneakers, and then he did a game for Activision called Toy Bazaar. Okay. But the game that I remembered was a 2600 cartridge for 20th Century Fox called Turmoil. Mm. And to this day, I will defend Turmoil as the best 2600 game people have never wow. played. I... Tempest never came out for the 2600 turmoil was the game that we were waiting for okay. it is lightning fast ridiculous action shooter and it's like vector graphics so, like tempest is it like a tempest knockoff no, or is it no oh it's not thing. it's 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 tempest style gameplay instead of being in a ring you're controlling a ship that can shoot left or right down seven different alleyways oh, awesome. and okay. so there's enemies coming at you from all of those alleyways so you're constantly going up and down so it's kind of like it's tapper but, uh, but, but yeah, extreme yeah, yeah. tapper yeah it sounds awesome yes it has the energy of robotron but like way more crap going on than in tapper oh, awesome. so i highly recommend that finding the rom yeah it's it's awesome so here i am as a fanboy and i'm like i'm reading all this stuff and i'm like wait a minute mark termel that can't be the same guy. So I wound up being able to call, uh, do a phone interview with Sal DeVita and Mark Tamell about NBA Jam's success and Tournament Edition had just shipped or was just about to ship. So I did a column, you know, like it's time to meet the guys that made this game that made, you know, a billion dollars in quarters right. was the line. So uh, I, if you, you couldn't be creepier <laughs> than me saying, uh, so Mark, before we start, I know who you are. <laughs> and I You've had meant it me to so be like, turmoil. I'm a big fan, you know? But it wasn't, I'm a big fan. It was, I'm watching you while you sleep, you know? So, and he went, wow, that's great. Like, you know, like, he was clearly uncomfortable. <laughs> but I wound up, you know, talking to him, and it was, you know, I was super nervous. I had just started my career, and I got to talk to somebody that I really knew who they were, and I wanted him to know that I appreciated his work and all that stuff. He was a really nice interview, and we stayed in touch. Okay. Uh, and then after the – right before that article went to print, I got a call back from mm. him. And I'm like, uh-oh. <laughs> and he goes, yeah, you know, uh, remember we were talking about uh, uh, how we put like the Mortal Kombat characters in as secret characters in the NBA Jam Tournament Edition? I said, yeah. He goes, uh, it, it, we're going to need you to – can you take that out of the article? Like has the article shipped? I'm like, no, it's actually shipping in three days. And he goes, yeah, um, the NBA found out and they're really angry. Oh, uh, and we're going to have to patch the chipset. So uh, we're gonna, I'm like, you can do that? He goes, yeah, we have to send all new chips wow. to all the streamers. Oh, my God. Do you know why the why the NBA had such a problem with this? The violence, and, maybe? Violence. But yeah, it's, yeah. Not like, it's not like the characters, you know, where Scorpion doesn't have any special moves in the game. He still plays basketball. Nope. But yeah. they just but they didn't want to be associated with it in any form. Okay. Mortal wow. Kombat was the game that at the time was like in the crosshairs of the Senate for right. being, you know, the poster boy for violent video games and everything that's wrong in America. And the NBA was somehow trying to make they didn't want to license the game in the first place okay. because arcades were where people would sell uh, drugs and get where all the ne'er do wells hung <laughs> out. It's so, like the movie again, Joysticks like, everywhere, yes. Yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> right next to Satan's Hollow, are you mad? Uh, so, yeah, so they, they, it was a big deal. That was, the, I mean, people don't remember, but that was the first time the NBA licensed an arcade okay. game. And, you know, it was such a big hit that everybody was like, oh, of course, you know, we're ahead of our time. But they, they were, it was a hard sell, and then they were furious. They're like, how dare you put the guys that are ripping out the spine? Sub-Zero is in this game. No, so, he, like, a very scared Mark Termell called me back and said, we'd really appreciate it if you would, if you, I was like, you know what, I didn't, I didn't want to ruin that for anybody, right. so I didn't even put it in the article anyway. You're fine. 
And he goes, okay, thanks. So then when they announced Hangtime, you know, as a, as a full and proper sequel, in the meantime, Acclaim had bought the rights to the license of NBA Jam. The weird thing is that the Midway folks were allowed to come up with the franchise, but the NBA had to own it because it had the NBA's name mm. in it. So they they created NBA Jam, but they did not own like the IP. Oh, I see. So Acclaim had the rights to do the home versions at that point. Midway had not entered the home version themselves. They were sub-licensing all of their arcade properties, uh, most of them to Acclaim, a couple to THQ and Black Pearl. So uh, they... Uh, Acclaim went around Midway, just went directly to the NBA and said, look, you know, we've got our own arcade division that's going to be showing up soon. Um, and I understand you guys own NBA Jam. They don't own it. So hmm. we could buy NBA Jam from you. And the NBA said, uh, yeah, you know, that's that's fine with us. So NBA Jam Extreme is announced, and it's not by Midway. It's by Acclaim. And everybody's like, who? Acclaim? You mean the home game people? Hmm. What You know? So that left Midway with, well, we still want to work with you, and they still wanted to do a follow-up game, but they had to start with a new franchise. They, uh, Mark Tremell actually said, he goes, you know, our lawyers are going to try to figure out whether they can, you know, how much of our game design is copyrighted and how much they own beyond the name. So that became kind of a bitter rivalry. And in talking to them about what became Hangtime, uh, you know, I said, hey, I know I've, I've talked to you guys uh, about this before, but I, I just want to ask, uh, you know, because I, I need to say it for this article because somebody might not have read all the earlier articles. It's a magazine, right? You pick up one issue at the newsstand. I said, you know, how do you go about choosing who you want for your secret characters? <laughs> okay, okay. And, you know, I, I figured it was going to be just an answer like, oh, you know, it's friends of ours or it's people that work here wasn't, or whatever. And um, sure enough, Sal. Wasn't there like presidential candidates in NBA Jam? Oh, yeah. The, Bill I, Clinton was definitely in NBA Jam, yeah. right? And Hillary, well, Hillary was one of them. That's the thing. That was added by the home acclaim version oh, wow. by the developer to Probe. So in the arcade, the original NBA Jam secret guys were like the body double um, um, Air Morris, mm. uh, who did all the dunks for them on video. Plus, there were people that like worked in the Midway Warehouse. There was a, a pinball designers. <laughs> Sheridan Owsler is in there with a with a, a derby. He's very famous for being a derby. You know, being a guy in a derby, and everybody goes, "I want to play with the guy with the derby." You know? <laughs> but mostly, it was like friends and family, or people that worked on other projects and stuff like that. So, uh, you know, I figured that would be the answer. But you know, at the time. When they did it with NBA Jam, nobody really expected that like these rumors about secret characters would learn would lead to such big earnings. Right. You know, people would be like, "I heard this rumor. That's not true. No, no, no. I've got the code. Let <laughs> I'll show you." And it makes all this money. So I'm like, "Okay, clearly this is you know that's going to happen. So how do you choose?" And he goes, "Well, you know, it's, it's friends, it's family, it's people that work or or it's people that have you know been very supportive to us and helped us." Uh, in some way, like Dan Rowan, who is the host of the local Chicago Bulls pre-show mm. on WGN, he they, they had approached him. He said, you know, we know Matthew Perry is a big NBA fan, and we found out that he also likes the game, so we invited him. And so we're going to have Matthew Perry from Friends in the game as a secret <laughs> character. I was like, oh, that's really cool. And then Sal just sort of off mic goes, hey, Dan, you want to be a secret <laughs> character? <laughs> and I said, ha, 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 sure, that would be great. You know, because I'm like, of course, you know, I thought he was kidding. And he goes, all right, well, we're going to need some photos because we're actually locking down the secret character roster next week. Uh-huh. And I went, oh, my God, you're, you're, you're serious. He goes, yeah, you've been really good to us, you know, like, and, and we know you're a big fan. And, and I'm like, this would be the greatest honor of my life. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So uh, I get off the phone and 
my, now keep in mind that I uh, I've been married for uh, for twenty five almost twenty five years mm. now, um, and I was working with my wife in this same cubicle in this little magazine company in New York City, and I got off the phone. I'm like, Cat, you're not going to believe this, but uh, they just asked me to be a secret character in the next arcade game. <laughs> And she goes, that's great. You should wear the bunny ears. <laughs> okay. Now, I had gotten a pair of bunny ears from a Sega CD shooter game called KO Flying Squadron. Well, that's, um, that's come up on the show a few times because it's, it's kind of a okay. holy grail of collectors at this point. Like, that's right. it's a ludicrously it's a valuable game. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. But they had sent – that was the, the tchotchke that they sent out to the press to – you know, like it was customary. You'd get a review code or you'd get a gold disc or you'd get a final game, and they'd give you like a shirt or a hat or a pencil or something. <laughs> and this one, they're like, let's get their attention and do the bunny ears. Uh, and so I, it became my thing to wear these bunny ears in photos where other people did not want to be photographed with me wearing bunny ears. <laughs> so um, my wife said, oh, you should wear the bunny ears in the photos for the game. And I said, I'm not going to do that. That's ridiculous. That's stupid. You know, like my, my grandchildren are going to play this game. Maybe I'm an emulator, but, you know, this is my legacy. And she's like, well, you know, I mean, like, otherwise you're just going to be some boring white guy that nobody remembers. Like, remember the guy with the derby? And I'm like, I do, Sheridan. Hours. That's the only yeah, guy the we derby. remember. Yeah, yeah, the derby guy. Exactly. So I was like, yeah, but I mean, come on. This is video games are serious yeah, and business. Serious game so, and be a hang time. Yes, very straightforward. Yeah, game. exactly. I'm like, you know, this is this is this is a major award. You know, <laughs> so I, I leave the cubicle and I go down to somebody else's cubicle, and and I said, guys, guys, I've got this awesome news. I'm sorry, I've got to share it with somebody. You're not going to believe this. It's going to make me a, a a secret character in the next NBA Jam game, and. The first thing my friend says is, cool, so you're going to wear the bunny okay. ears? <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, you know, now that it's not coming from my wife, that sounds like a really good idea. <laughs> that's ma that's so marriage in a that's, nutshell right there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So on my website, there is the story of, uh, like, a, a more detailed version of that anecdote. But I gave her the opportunity to respond as I'm telling the story. It's a terrible old website with very 90s well, what's designs. The, what's the URL of that website? Uh, it's bunnyears.net oh, slash why, W-H-Y. Like, why do you have bunny Okay, ears? got it. Uh, and I also have a subset on that, that URL, bunnyears.net slash hangtime, which is my, my hangtime shrine, which has all the information that I know about the arcade game. So that's how it happened. Now, again, you're a journalist. Mm -hmm. Not supposed to say yes when they offer you. <laughs> Generally not. I remember a professor getting very mad at me when I said I would take candy if a, a source offered it as like a, 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 a treat or something. And like they, they, right. they said I shouldn't even take that. So yeah, yeah. And at the same time, I didn't go to journalism school. I went. I actually in my college uh, experience, I took a class on writing as a critic. Mm -hmm. So I always considered myself not a journalist but a reviewer, but I was aspiring to be a journalist. And we had a journalism school. I just never took any of the journalism sure, classes. Sure, now sure. Was so the whole – like the ethics had not been slammed into my head, and I was like, this is a huge personal honor. Of course, yes. Why not? Not realizing, of course that's a huge problem. you know. <laughs> but then again, we weren't selling copies of Hangtime. We, we it's, it's a $4,500 arcade game. You so know? did, you, did so, you have to recuse yeah, that, yourself from like writing reviews of that game since you're involved in it? Well – we didn't write a review because it was an arcade. Oh, game. even when it came so onto the N sixty four, like it, you never had that, never came up for you. Yeah, it it didn't. I mean, when it came out, I think I I offered it to somebody else, but there might have been an N sixty four review out there. I was at GamePro, I think, when, or maybe I was at Digital Diner, but I I, I had left Slam by the time it came home, hmm. if I remember, uh, and. 
I had moved from New York to California because I have strong memories of playing the N64 version of Hangtime at my first apartment in uh, when I got out to the Bay Area in California. So yes, I absolutely should have either recused – if I wanted to take <laughs> that on or just stopped cold turkey. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it was just these two isolated games. It wasn't like, did we, did, were you hoping like a trend was emerging where you were going to be like the Stan Lee of video games, like just kind of oh, I don't... <laughs> making little cameo <laughs> no. appearances here and there? So if, there was a... if uh, just to piggyback on that question real quick, if, if sure. you could, if you found yourself as another secret character in any other game, where would you want to show up again? So... Well, I, I actually, my name does appear as a character in a third okay. game. Oh my God. Um, but I didn't have anything to do with it. It was, uh, and this may have been on N64, but it, or it may have just been the Super Nintendo, I guess it was the N64. It was the Fox Sports NCAA March Madness 2000. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, absolutely, that's Uh, coming up on the show. Naturally, they have a whole bunch of people, they have all these student athletes that they can't, uh, they can't use their real names for legal right, reasons. Right, they can't pay them. Anything, so yeah. they needed to fill out the rosters for all these other things. And somebody in the Fox Sports PR department was very smart, and they said, you know, why don't you take the, the mastheads from all the different video game magazines that were out at the time and just flow in their names for those player things? And that way, like, you know, hey, we needed names, and your names are public records, so I forget what what team I'm on, but the entire, uh, like EGM had a team as, you know, a school mm-hmm. and the, like one whole team is all the editors that were at game pro at the time. And I think game informer probably is in there too, you know? So, um, if I could be a secret character in any other game, honestly, it would be, uh, any of the ones that, that, uh, that we're working on at Ubisoft San Francisco. Uh, I have actually said to them, I'm like, Hey, here's my voice reel. If you guys need VO." <laughs> Uh, and and I'm I'm actually very flattered that I have been used for the temp vo you know before they get the real actors. Sure. It's just fun to do that kind of oh, stuff. Yeah. But yeah, I mean I don't know like uh, Thrill Kill maybe okay. would have been a good oh, one wow. to be a singer character. A, hor- a horrible <laughs> guy who gets all his limbs torn off. Yeah, let's let's double down I'm, on injury. I'm not sure you want to. I don't know if you, you want could, a backstory from Thrill Kill. Maybe you could be one of the no. bio freaks. Or yeah, there you go. Like that. That's there pretty close. Go. There we go. War gods. Maybe, sure, be, you know. be one of the war gods. Absolutely. So here's a here's a question. You you t- um do you think that I think generally the games in Midway around this time has sort of a very loose feel, and this is something I associate with Midway in general of just kind of like. Be silly, do whatever you want. Do you think that was unique to Midway, or that was kind of more of a sign of how the games industry was at that time? Because I'm guessing, you know, Ubisoft I, is probably a lot more hesitant to do something like that. Like, well, I actually, I've been kind of surprised. I'm not supposed to be talking about Ubisoft, oh. by the way, because I did not get approved oh. by Ubisoft's PR. No but worries. I've been yeah. surprised to see what a good sense of humor Ubisoft has about itself. Uh, I don't know if you saw what they did for uh, for April Fool's Day this year. They did Rainbow Six Siege had like an entire like rainbow colored children's mission oh, okay. where you had to rescue stuffed animals as the hostage. I mean, like they they have a, a really good sense of humor about themselves, okay. and and my office particularly has a good sense of humor about itself. But um, uh, to answer your actual question, that was the midway culture of the nineties. There is a, a documentary coming out, uh, hopefully by the end of this year, called Insert Coin, which is specifically about the 90s run of Midway oh, wow. from NARC oh, through I the love grid. NARC. Oh, NARC is wow. like the stupidest yeah. video game Absolutely. ever made. It is so <laughs> great. You just blow up drug dealers with your missile launcher. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it's being made by uh, Josh Sway, who is uh, one of the uh, the guys, the, the artist's, 
and designers from Midway from that time. Oh, wow. He's now interested in filmmaking. He's also the uh, the physical model for Liu Kang in Mortal oh, Kombat wow. 4. No kidding. That's Chuck yeah. Oh, wow. So if you want to see so a direct, movie, movie directed together. by Mortal Kombat, by Liu Kang. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That sounds great. So obviously, he had access yeah. to all those people. So he tells the story of, like, the culture of Midway. And it started with, you know, NARC and the sort of, like, there's no rules. Who's, who's going to care? Let's just go over the top. And then that went so well. And then that led to things like Terminator 2. Mm. Uh, and then, of course, Mortal Kombat and NBA Jam was this one, big one-two yeah. punch. And they felt indestructible. So by the time they came to hang time, they trusted themselves. And yeah, everything is really loose because they were like, this is fun. Let's just do it. And people responded to them having fun. So outlandish fountains of blood and ridiculous Mortal Kombat characters. What if we just had a riot cop where his special move is just shooting people? <laughs> you know, I mean, like dumb yeah. stuff. Yeah. And then, of course, yeah, you can't you can't make a dunk in NBA Jam or NBA Hangtime. That's too over no. the top. Oh, what if he like does a reverse 360 helicopter spin and then magically in air starts rotating into a cannonball? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Can we do that twice? Is there enough fire? <laughs> you know, like so. Yeah, I, I honestly believe that that was that was not normal for the arcade or game development industry at the time it was something special about midway there was definitely some special sauce and a weird energy yeah. going through midway because they took the biggest creative risks and just decided to make games that entertain themselves mm -hmm. and it turned out that they entertained everybody else and it was hit after hit after hit it was really insane their their string of successes uh, but it, yeah, that's that's a midway thing. Okay. It's that was just a midway energy. And you know? when you play um, when you play hang time on it, do you often play as yourself, or do you find that it's awkward? You feel weird playing it yourself. It's like listening to your own uh, voice on your podcast or something like that. Woody, yeah. What would you do? Yeah, yeah. Fair. No, I. Yeah. You, you would. You and Larry Johnston are a team on the Knicks every time. You're goddamn yeah. right. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't argue. I would do the same thing. Boom shakalaka. And we are back. Yeah, so I yeah, I would encourage people like if you're curious about the video games industry in the 90s, mm -hmm. um check out that interview cuz Dan really branches off and talks about a lot of different stuff on like It was times, so much fun. Yeah. Times at GamePro. Also if you're interested in Star Wars themed novelty music, he yes. talks about that as well. Oh, awesome. He's um, in a band called Palette Swap Ninja. Uh they they kind of went viral with a couple of Star Wars uh, uh theme songs and uh, Star Wars Beatles crossover. It was awesome. Yeah, and and uh yeah, so thank you again to Dan for uh for hanging out with us for so long and and having this really cool conversation it was really fun um anyway let's jump back into nba hang time so as we said there were 29 teams this was also the last appearance of the washington bullets which is a mm, team i forgot existed yeah. they uh they alchemized into wizards at the end of the season <laughs> that's right uh, they, they they melted down the bullets into lead <laughs> and, and reawoken them as wizards yeah exactly they, they had to get new names uh, pretty decent selection of players, yeah, and the, the create-a-player mode is pretty robust, and that's the thing that kind of uh, makes this dif distinct from earlier jam games. Yeah. This is the first time creative player's on here. And you can do some pretty goofy shit with it. It's a lot of fun. Like we, It's a nice, simple create-a-player mode. Um, you just sort of name your character, and the, you get give them different heads. Mm -hmm. um, and there's lots of wacky heads. Some of them are just based on players in the game. But there's you can play as a little kid, yeah, which I really like. There's an alien, a cow, a wolf man, a um, woman, yeah, some wacky, wacky <laughs> women, wacky women. Yeah, there's uh, like a, a chicken and an alien, like, and it's all clearly people wearing rubber masks, yeah. like, and then like got their photo taken and put in it. So, 
Uh, they, it, I mean, it fits really well fits with the perfectly. aesthetic of the game. And when you and everything, uh, the trademark of these games is always big head. I was so there's a little say, toggle to turn the big head. There's also is, a code that you can type in to make huge heads where the head takes up. See, <laughs> this was a weird thing, like in video games. Uh, where there was always a code to, for a big head mode. Yeah. Like, for every video game in the 90s has a code for big head mode. I think it started in NBA Jam. It must have, but... but- NBA Jam is the only time, only game I've ever like appreciated it in. Yeah. It looks stupid and everything else. Well, it's because it has it, those digitized photos of the it, people, so when you can just you, see your player more clearly. It's yeah, great. Yeah, it, it helps out a lot. But yeah, I don't understand why it's in every single game in this era. And it, you know, it looks funny because they have no like the faces aren't animated or don't have any expressions, but mm-hmm. um, they they look good. Yeah. Uh, it's it's pretty great how there are like we didn't have to slog through a million different modes in this. There's no. one mode and it's play basketball. And yeah, exactly. That's the one mode and we played it a couple times. We played like a couple full games. Yeah, like, one of one of the delightful things about this game is a full game takes eight minutes. Yeah. Every quarter is only two minutes, and they just there's the screens between quarters take a couple seconds. Yeah, and so you just can crank through them. Absolutely. Um, and you know, obviously, it's a four player game total, so um, you can play up to two people per team. If you play the one player or the two-player mode Mm -hmm. um basically you just play through you can create a character or just input your own name for a save data and then you just try to play through and beat all of the nba teams and that's Mm -hmm. essentially the whole game um one thing i will say about this game is i think this is probably the best co-op game on the nintendo 64 really Uh, well you're going there i'm I'm trying to think of something to contradict you but like yeah okay because It does so many of these games that we we tried to play co-op on Duke Nukem, I remember, yeah. which, you know, was one of the better co-op modes that we played Surprisingly. in the sense that it didn't chug. But when you break things into split screen, it all just becomes sort of a headache. It does. Um, yeah. And this game doesn't need a split screen. So you and a friend can play on the same team. Um, the controls of this game are super simple. Um, there's only, you know, pass and shoot. Amazingly... It's still probably the game that people press the wrong button in the most, as I I've really noticed. Do. I don't know why that is. I really is. do. I don't know why either. Um, but I, 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 somehow with only kind of two unintuitive buttons. Because it's like, A always feels like jump to me. Yeah. Like, regardless but A, A of what is you do. jump in this. Okay, but see, like, and, and then I was always just jumping at the wrong time and getting in the way of things. And then when I was on offense, I would press A and it would just be shoot. Yeah. And so, I don't know. I, I, I got a little flustered, but it's it's just a super fast-paced it's, game, That too, is sort of so. another huge change from NBA Jam mm. is um, it runs – it plays about twice as fast as NBA Jam. Like, yeah. Your guys just sprint back and forth along the court in a couple seconds. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean – there's not too much to say about it. I mean, oh, there's it's so just much like to say so, about it, Steve. I don't know what you're so talking about. It's just so fun to just like plop down and play. Like, yeah. uh, you you don't even really. There's not a lot to analyze necessarily, but it's just like so fast. I love the shoving. Yes, the shoving is addictive. Ooh, not you, enough you, can be good thing can be said about. You the hold shoving. down the turbo button. You press B when you get up next to somebody, and you can shove them. Whether they have the ball or yeah. not, whether they're on your team or not, uh, you can shove everybody. There is no fouls no in this fouls, game. No fouls, no penalties. And it is an amazingly shoving. good strategy, whether you're on offense or defense. If, you're, if your teammate has the ball, just run up and shove the defender out of the way and let them score. If yeah. you need to get a rebound, don't jump for the rebound. Just shove the defender out of the way This is and pick exactly, up the ball. honestly, how me and my friends used to play Yeah, like back in junior high because like we didn't give a shit about basketball. We just wanted to be violent and yeah. goofy. So we just played no rules basketball where like we could grab each other by the arms and throw each other oh, out of the ring. We could throw the ball at each other's faces. You're talking like, real basketball. It was here. no rules. Yeah, oh, it was no God. rules. 
you combined basketball and wrestling. Yeah, yeah, it was great. It was it was uh, the XBA. It was okay. <laughs> you know it was stream basketball association. It was crazy fun, you know, and yeah. that's what this reminded me of. It reminded me of a very like just go out and play. Just I will go have fun. say there is a level of depth in this game that um, is is a little a little past what's immediately apparent. Mm-hmm. Um, the game controls really well, so you can sort of pass the ball in the middle of your jump shot. Um, alley oop. Um, if you get alley oops or double dunks in a row, both of the players on your team catch on fire, mm-hmm. um, which is like super powerful. And your opponent needs to either get an alley oop to stop you, or you get it for twenty five seconds straight. Yeah, um, which is really good too. Um, and yeah, so it's a satisfying. I think it's a good co-op game because it actually, like, encourages teamwork. Yeah. Oh, um, definitely. In a way that a lot of co-op games, at least for this system, don't. They just feel like you're kind of playing through it together. Right. Um, I I had a real problem with uh, goaltending mm-hmm. uh, because my, my instinct is if, like, somebody's shooting the ball, I want to jump and get in its way. Yep. <laughs> and it turns out that's bad, and I was always getting the other there two three points. There is a cheat to turn off goaltending so I you wish don't get penalized that. Yeah. for that, um, yeah. which does make, you know... It, it's is fun too, but it makes it much harder to score. Yeah, point. yeah, but. that's fair. Uh yeah, no, it's it's just like kind of a blast to sit down and play. And uh, it should be noted that Woody is insanely good at this game. I've played this uh, game so much. Yeah, yeah, and it shows. It this shows. is you, one you're, of you're, I think um, these the two games that I got for Nintendo sixty four when I first got it were Super Mario sixty four. Yeah, and NBA Hang Time. Um, I I. To sort of encourage my parents to buy me a Nintendo 64 at this time, I was very young, I um, wrote a little essay for them describing the reasons that I wanted a Nintendo 64. Mm-hmm. And one of the reasons that I cited was the create-a-player mode in this game would be good for my creativity. <laughs> and uh, was it? Yeah, there I think so. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I I really love this game. I have really fond... It's one of these games, much like Mortal Kombat or... You know, any of these really fast-paced games that playing with someone who's of equal skill level to you is just really fun. Yeah. And this game also has a really um, – it has a really powerful – you know, like in Mario Kart where the person's in last, they sort of go faster and it's this sort of slingshot mode to keep right. races tight? This game has a really powerful computer assistance like that that you can turn off um, if you want to play super competitively. But it makes it good because, like – I am much better than you at this game. Yeah, way um, but I beat you. I think at the end by like twelve points. Yeah, um, and so it wasn't outrageous. No, um, it was way better than like the, the first time we played this together, where it was like yeah. you beat me by like forty points. Slingshot be damned. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it didn't. There's like there's only so much sling we can shat. Yeah. You know, <laughs> that's, that's the that's, that's a past tense of shoot. shoot. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, pretty sure. Yeah, I just trouble shat that problem. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. I'm a good problem shatter. Yeah. Uh, all right, well, let's move on to NBA Showtime, NBA on NBC. This is one that neither of us had any experience with, really. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know this was a sequel to Hangtime. Yeah, yeah, direct sequel. Uh, so this was released, guess what, October 31st, 1999, oh. uh, for, for new listeners. Are That's you the day. My, are you going to play my jingle? Oh, I'm definitely playing your okay. jingle. That is the day that the most uh, N64 games came out. One day, Halloween 1999, 17 games. I think like four of them are basketball games. It's weirdly. a national holiday it's now. It's a national holiday. It's called Halloween. Here. Yes, <laughs> yes. But, you know, if it weren't Halloween, it would be the other one. Yeah. So uh, I'm going to play the jingle.
so yes, uh, this was uh, re- released October 31st, 1999, published and developed by Midway, and it was also released in arcades and on Dreamcast, PS1, and Game Boy Color. So this is, like we said, a direct sequel to Hang Time, and it goes a little farther to close the gap between Jam and the kind of sort of Jam. Uh, Tim Kitzrow, the original voice of NBA Jam, is back after sitting out Hang Time. You so, don't re- for what it's worth, you don't really miss him in Hang no, Time. No, not say really. Ba- the announcer, I don't know who the announcer is in Hang Time, but he says the same basic thing. I forget his name, but he was I, the announcer for the Chicago Bulls. Okay, time, like yeah. honestly, I've yeah. played tons of Hang Time. I've played plenty of Jam. The, the guy's sound. The he's same. fine. Yeah, yeah, he's fine. He's, but yeah, if you want to be a nitpick about it, yeah, the yeah. new the the original voice is back for this one. Uh, so NBA on NBC. So this lasted for 20 non-consecutive seasons. NBA held the rights to show NBC NBA held games, the rights. Or NBC held the rights to show mm-hmm. NBA games from the mid-50s to the early 60s. Then they lost the rights, and then they came back from 1990 to 2002. Uh, the, the latter stretch is where we get the iconic round ball rock that you associate with, like, basketball sports. right. Written by John Tesh, of all people, <laughs> the uh, former uh, Entertainment Tonight host turned New Age music guru. <laughs> okay. So and this game has one of the fun additions of this game is when each quarter ends, it will sort of freeze and zoom in on your character and the camera will spin around and they'll play the little jingle. Yes. Yeah, I enjoyed that Which a lot. It was a touch I liked. Uh, our cover athlete this time, I mentioned it before, but is the one and only Shaquille O'Neal, literally and figuratively one of the biggest sports stars of my lifetime, I think. Yeah. He's seven foot one, three hundred and thirty-five thirty-five pounds, and he was three hundred and thirty-five pounds. Can right? you imagine running up and down a basketball Ugh. court at that weight? I mean, we could barely run up and down a basketball court. I mean, court even now. at that height, and yeah, we're like half insane. that weight. It's insane. It's insane. Uh, but yeah, he was half. a. He was the first draft, first draft, or first round draft pick. He was the very first person chosen in the 1992 draft, and he served four seasons on the Orlando Magic before heading over to LA. And that's kind of where he made most of his career best was uh, with the Lakers. So he led the Lakers to three championship seasons, and he later won another championship season when he was with the Miami Heat. Uh, and he was a multimedia success in a way that few other basketball players were outside of michael jordan right. so he was an act he was a rapper uh he had four albums the first four one went albums the wow. first one went platinum like that's crazy and if you've heard that music it's especially crazy because <laughs> he's not good uh he was an actor he he parlayed a, a standout role in the nick nolte film blue chips you can in, also you can go career. see him in the theater right now and hit film shazam check oh, it out yes. yeah yeah um, the one where he plays the magical superhero come rapping genie exactly yes. that's the same movie right it's the same one okay great. i actually when i was writing that earlier i'm like oh yeah he starred in the movie Shaz- no shit the <laughs> other one but it is kind of i mean kazam the the genie movie he started in 1997 a famous flop like a famously terrible movie he's a goddamn genie that lives in a boombox uh but it's kind of amazing that Shazam came out and like people went and saw it and like it did well and you know with the name I don't know they didn't uh, recast him in the Aladdin remake to give him a second chance as the genie <laughs> couldn't have gone over any worse than Will Smith right? yeah yeah like, I, I watched a couple of clips of him like performing it so far it's like he just seems really bored the one thing the genie in Aladdin should never seem is bored that's true but yeah anyway I'll I'll reserve judgment till I don't see it <laughs> um, so yeah he also starred in yeah like I said he starred in Kazam and he starred in Steel which uh, has the distinction of being the lowest grossing movie based on a DC comic okay it is based uh, on it is based on, it's a spinoff from Superman yeah when they had the death of Superman and they had all these other sort of Superman exactly. spinoffs yeah and that was that was back when uh, superhero movies could lose money <laughs> uh, he's hosted multiple reality shows and appeared on SNL and he was and is a huge gamer uh so since we're never gonna get a chance to talk about this again <laughs> shaq is us. Fu. shaq fu maybe one of it's the... an idea for 
new new podcast idea. Yeah. Um, NBA NBA player themed video games not okay. involving basketball. So we play Michael Jordan, Chaos in the Windy City, Shaq Fu, Shut Up and Jam Guy, Guy, Shut Up and yeah. Jam Guiden. I'm sure there's more. Oh, there's got to be right. There's so, a story mode in NBA 2K. Yeah, like, there's Shaq Fu was um, this notoriously horrible, horrible game. Oh, it's um, one of the great like. So bad, it's good video yeah, games. Yeah, the premise is that Shaq is pulled into another dimension to uh, battle and cat. save a little kid, battle cat people, yeah. mummy people. It's kind of like he's kind of like a Killer Instinct, but if all the controls were terrible and unresponsive. The thing that always struck out stuck out to me about Shaq Fu is that like it's it's playing. It wants to play like a Street Fighter or a Mortal Kombat, yeah. but the sprites are the size of like Double Dragon. The sprites are super tiny, so it's like you have these tiny little guys like battling, and this very like bland background. And then you expect it's just going to be like a side-scrolling beat 'em up, and no, it's it's like a level-based like fighting game. Yeah, it's a one-on-one fighting game. Yeah, and it's just awkward and dumb. It is very very bad. Uh, I was playing course... it randomly on the Game Boy. I was playing the Game Boy version of Shaq Fu. Yeah, which ah. Uh, Game Boy fighting games oh, are some of the lowest of the low absolutely. video game history. I can't imagine there's any good ones. I don't know. I'm, I'm curious to it, find out. There, there must be, but it was just so weird the way they're like, yeah, we need a Game Boy port of Mortal Kombat. Like, great. This will yeah. run great. Yeah. With yeah. The, the two buttons for our six-button game. Oh, Christ. <laughs> oh, God. What, what I'm trying to remember. I had a couple of fighting games for the Game Gear. And, oh, my God. Like, just Chug City. Oh, my um, God. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because uh, millennials are all into irony and everything. Oh gosh, there was an yeah. Indiegogo campaign in 2014 for a sequel to Shaq Fu, uh, which finally did materialize in 2018. You can buy it right now on your Switch. Uh, you can I buy a physical copy. You can buy this a physical was not copy. A, I've seen this game at GameStop. Yeah, it's there. It's Games there. like The Messenger did not get a physical release. Yeah, or you Games have to wait like for Celeste like a limited did not run. Get yeah. in, and you're like, oh, you wait for a limited run. It's like, these are fantastic games, but we'll give a physical release to Shaq Fu Reborn. Yeah. And and from what I understand, it's it's also, it's similarly not good. Right. It just has the benefit of kind of winking at itself. I like, mean, like, I think it's, it's similarly, just kind of a funny I think game. it's playable. Yeah. I don't think it exists in like the super bottom tier of garbage. Right. But it's also like, why did this exist? Why did why did we donate money to this campaign? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. yeah. I, I hate it when irony goes that far. Yeah. And they're like, we're going to spend money on garbage because wouldn't that be hilarious? It's like, why don't you spend money on something to improve things? And I don't know. Yeah, yeah. And I mean... Jack does not need more of your money. He doesn't, no. And But he he's always been kind of a gaming guy. Yeah. Like, he's invested in, like, uh, esports teams and stuff like that. And, like, you know, so he's, he's real into video games and into the video game community. So I don't know. So that's Shaq. Shaq's, Shaq's a, a big old lug. Uh, I, I don't know. There's some weird stuff about him in his past. I don't know. I, I, I'm, I can verify. You know, anything. whenever... There were some kidnapping charges. Whoa! But, like, those were dropped, like, immediately. I guess it was, like, some kind of scam that people were trying to run on him, like, to, to steal his money. If you can make it to the height of your fame and still have be somewhat difficult to dig up dirt on then you've done you've done okay uh, yeah 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 I've, i got no beef with Shaq. okay what I'm you're not gonna throw down Shaq. i'm not gonna Come throw down right i'm not gonna challenge him like i did stone cold steve austin oh, you good. know who i could take yeah. uh but anyway so the the secret characters here in nba showtime are mostly just mascots and then different midway employees which is kind of a bummer because the arcade version got the full suite of universal monsters Ooh, so you could have fun. frankenstein versus dracula and two on two yeah 
it, it sounds that that's kind of a better way to go. But um, yeah, this one didn't really have that. So features wise, it's pretty identical. It's totally identical. Uh, yeah, you don't have any different. There's modes only or anything. three selections. There's to create a player. There's enter your initials for your save game, or there's start. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And. Uh, the the biggest difference you're going to get here is well first of all the music is very NBC themed you know so yeah. you have that you have that round ball rock running pretty much the entire time yeah so Hangtime has this fun like rap lots of sort of uh, squeaky sneaker sound and yeah. just sort of a nice thumping beat in the background yeah um, this game is not very memorable and it's at no. showtime. And the biggest difference here is with the graphics. It's yeah. now full 3D. This game uh, it looks tremendously different. It looks very very different. Uh, it still plays. Basically the same with some like I mean well so you're you're three, more of the expert yeah, you'll so notice full the 3D subtle differences but really changes everything because um so first off your characters all look super different whereas yeah. NBA Hangtime they're all like digitized and they you know they look like real people just like sort of exaggerated proportions like caricatures of yeah real exactly people, yeah whereas in this game these guys look like sort of blocky. I mean, these guys look like N64 or PS1 era, just pixel chunks. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there's not very much personality to any of them. They all have sort of very unnatural-looking muscles, which is just sort of a bulge, uh, constant bulges on every arm. Yeah. Um, and so at the beginning, there's this little, before you start a game, they all sort of walk in, and you look at them all, and you go, gee, that doesn't look very good. Yeah. Um, and the camera is like very, since it's a, it sort of gives a 3D angle to the court so mm-hmm. um like you were saying on nba hang time sometimes it's difficult to judge your depth so to try and fix that here they've gone 3d and they sort of rotated the camera a little bit and so you're not looking directly from the side yeah and the camera um yeah i mean i guess yeah and the camera sort of moves a little more um and this gives a feeling of the court being a lot bigger mm-hmm. this game is still quite fast yeah. um you still can run up and down very quickly um, it's a little darker in its hues too. Yeah, you notice that, like the definitely. crowd, the background crowd is a little darker and everything. Yeah, um, but yeah, it really gives much bigger of a feeling of space between everyone. The court seems very small on Hangtown, where it seems very wide here, and that makes mm-hmm. it harder to sort of aim your pushes. Sure, um, but generally, guys will still drain threes from really deep. Yeah, um, so it feels it feels and plays similar. Um, but I find the camera angle to be sort of disorienting and this game just has a lot less oomph to everything. It's, it's how I would describe it. Yeah. It, yeah. Cause I, it, it's when it, we it get feels to the, like it's bridging that difference between goofy and real, but it, it's not cause it's still, I mean, it's still super goofy and you're still playing a two on two basketball. So there's no real attempts to simulate real basketball. Right. Um, all that sort of happened is they've sort of pulled out these cartoony edges, like the jams are are still like over the top in the sense that no one could do them, but they're not as crazy where they just sort of make you laugh by mm-hmm. the doing of them. Um, so you're saying they should have pumped up the jams? I, yeah, they should have yeah, pumped up yeah. the jams, pumped them up. Um, so I, I don't know. In like the shoving is just not as satisfying. There's not the the guys don't go flying across the court. There's not the none of the animation looks great. Um, See, I'll, I'll I'll counter on that. Okay. okay, because like we said, when when a quarter ends. Your characters freeze in whatever position they're in, and sometimes that's hanging 20 feet in the air, mm-hmm. and uh, the camera rotates around them while you're going to halftime. And there was a moment like, okay, I'm Carl Malone, mm-hmm. you're Jason Kidd, you're jumping out of the air trying to swat the ball out of my hand, and the quarter ends. Yeah. And so we, we zoom in on everything, and like 
kid's in a great position. Mm-hmm. Like you could see all the detailed musculature on the arms. You could see like he looks like he's moving like a real person. Okay. And for it to capture that, it didn't like it didn't cut to that. And then oh look, here's a still image of him doing that. That's true. It froze the game mid screen. And he was already doing that. So I, guess I, I feel I just like the animations feel look pretty nice. like the sort of the ball seems to sort of go all over sometimes. I feel like when there's a jam, I can't yeah, really tell that. that it went in the hoop. Oftentimes the shots don't feel like they quite line up. I don't know. Um, again, I played so much hang time that I'm just very used to that. Yeah, so yeah. this felt different in that way. Um, and again, I just think that the main sacrifice here is in the personality which, you know, is a huge a huge part of Midway games in general. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. The other... It's not that this is, like, devoid of personality. It just feels very tame compared to the last one. Right. Yeah. Um, another thing that they did in this game to kind of add a little element of realism and I is to sort of more balance the gameplay. We talked about how fun it is to shove people in hang time. This game puts a foul meter in the game. Yeah. So when you shove an opponent who has the ball, um, you get a little one in your foul meter. And if you get five fouls in a quarter, your opponent gets a little a free throw, which is worth three points. And oh, then yeah. you're, these free throw mechanics are so yeah, weird. Yeah, the thing just sort of jitters. Yeah, the it's meter. not like you, you imagine, okay, you have a little, um, you've seen these a million times. There's a little meter that appears at the bottom of the screen and like a cursor moves back and forth. Right. And then you're supposed to stop it at the moment of optimum power. But it's not like this time it's not moving like back and forth in a steady motion. It's jittering. Yeah. It's jumping from place to place <laughs> in completely random order. So you just have to like be super quick and stop it where you need to stop it in order to make any points. Yeah. And then all the free flows are worth uh, three, three points. points which, which is crazy. So I appreciate – I was initially very angry that there were free throws at all in this game and fouls because it's, it's such a cornerstone of my strategy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I just imagine if I was for some strange twist of fate being an NBA coach. I just like – all right, guys, I want you to get out there and shove them. Just, yeah. If they have the ball, just shove them down. Yeah. I don't care. And yeah. Um, so it felt really weird to get penalized for that. I do think that they handled it well yeah. in the sense that um, since you still get five free throw, five fouls, they reset every quarter, and there's only one free throw, so it goes pretty fast. Mm-hmm. Um, but I still don't think that should be there. I still think that you should just be able to push people whenever you yeah. want. Because that's that's fun, so why penalize And that's kind of the core of the core of... Yeah. what this series is it's just like no consequences basketball you know yeah yeah so i i yeah i agree with that i think that was just kind of a weird design choice and again i think they're trying to make it appeal a little bit more to the serious nba players but i think uh, they've always been those guys. stuck um with these sort of arcadey sports games in terms of how do they evolve them because they're like okay we hit this formula at nba jam that works really well but how mm-hmm. do we get people to keep buying these new games beyond just these roster updates, and I'm not sure that they ever really found anything pat. You know, once they cranked up the speed and the outrageousness in hang time, Mm -hmm. I don't think they ever quite found the next step. There's been a new NBA Jam game released for, I think it was for PS3 and Wii. Yeah. Um... And I, I, I own that one. And that one's pretty fun, but you know, it runs noticeably slower yeah. than Hangtime did. Um, and I think that's one of the things I like about Hangtime. So Have you played, uh, so fast. what is it, Hoops with a Z? No. Okay, that's that's kind of an extension of that. And then okay. NBA Playgrounds is kind of another okay, like, yeah, I haven't, I haven't one. Played. I, sort of, yeah, uh, I haven't played those either. But. NBA Street, I, I really love. NBA it, Street is fun. It's yeah. a fantastic series. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a shame that they don't make those anymore. There was, yeah, I don't know what shame. happened. Somehow EA... 
sports big like cranked out this huge run of super awesome games like oh, nba man. street and ssx i got a copy of freak style the motocross racing yeah. game for free from a bottle of mountain dew yeah yeah that's the only um, thing i've ever won for one of those and it's it's really a shame that um i don't know what happened to ea sports big but it's a shame that i liked big yeah i didn't like ea sports regular no. but i liked i liked big because it Bigger was super is, goofy was better yeah it was it was better i don't believe what people tell you <laughs> Uh, all right. Do you have anything else to say about NBA Showtime? NBA on NBC, a terrible title. <laughs> uh, no, except that it was weird to play a game that was a sequel to a game I've played so much of, and I didn't even know yeah. really existed. Um, it, I will it's say, kind of been lost to time. Weirdly, it, it's kind of a pointless game. Yeah, it, it's oh, yeah. Not, it's not terrible. No, um, there's no. just no reason to play it when it's on the same system as NBA Hang Time. It's true, because... and and you can probably find Hang Time for cheaper. I wouldn't bet. Yeah, I would um, bet. yeah. The widening of the bore of the screen it just uh it makes everything sort of less fast and less satisfying and Mm -hmm. i don't know it's it's not as good yeah not quite well let's move on to our rankings for this week so uh each week we are um yeah absolutely each week we are adding different games to our ongoing list uh so i will start us off so uh, i'm gonna put nba hang time uh pretty high number 16 nice uh that's gonna go right under harvest moon uh i really really enjoyed this like i think it's so light on features that like it might discourage people from coming back to it very often but, but we have so many games we that have we can so play. many games with features that we're yeah. never gonna touch yeah you know? exactly so, like you just it's, want a game that does one thing well. It, and this does exactly that. It does one thing. It's fast, goofy basketball action that anyone can pick up and play. And uh, I think it does that really well. And it's a blast. Uh, Showtime does fall lower, quite a bit lower, honestly. I put it at number 28 underneath Spider-Man. Because it is still, like we said, it is still quite a good game. It's not mm-hmm. a bad game at all. It's just a little redundant and it doesn't do anything necessarily better than hang time does um other than like the, some of the stylish animations uh but yeah it's it, yeah i think you put it well it's just kind of not a very necessary game if you already have hang time on here yeah um all right so i'm i'm really curious because before we even ever started recording this yeah. podcast before episode one you said that like you were worried about doing this game so soon because it was like your favorite game. Well, we'll I, I don't know if that's. I'm curious to see. Yeah, when we recorded hindsight. this as the third episode of our podcast, it was mm-hmm. definitely no NBA Hangdown was definitely number one. So I'm going to start with NBA Showtime. Okay. Um, NBA on NBC. That's going to go at number 52. Oh wow! Which is right under Mace the Dark Age. Oh, good old Mace. Uh, good old Mace. Um, I I wasn't I wasn't crazy about this. It's a weird feeling to play a game that's so similar to one that you like, but mm. just sort of different. Yeah. Um. That it all kind of feels unnatural. Um. And like I said, it's just sort of intrinsically less satisfying. Yeah. Um, I get that. And so I'm gonna. So I think there's two. If we were to divide all video games into two categories. Done. Done. Perfect. Mm. Um. I think that the main difference between them is games that you play once. As sort of an experience or a story or something like that. And so like, you know, Ocarina of Time, a Mm. Final Fantasy game. And these games kind of stick with you as an experience. But you're not going to be like, hey, I'm going to run back and play Final Fantasy VI a bunch more times. I mean, maybe you are. I've played it like four times. Sure. uh, (laughs) But, you know, generally I want to play these things once and get a handle on the story and move on. And then there's games that like... You just sort of return to again and again because the gameplay is so fun. It's like a comfort food. Yeah, exactly. And so, like, these are, like, you know, generally fighting games, sports games, any, like, MOBAs, uh, Hearthstone, you know, Smash Brothers, yeah. Smash Brothers, exactly. And it's really hard to sort of rank those games against each other because they're all doing a totally different thing. Right. Um, 
you know, and so I just that's my preface here. Okay. Um, because this game's my new number one game. Whoa. Um, NBA Hang, NBA Hang Time, my new number one. Super Mario sixty four. Super Mario sixty four down the toilet. Dethrone. That um, is like a major. That's a major hot take. You're it gonna, it you're is a major hot defend take. Defend that to some people. I well, think. I think that was my defense. Is that you know, Super Mario sixty four is obviously like a huge step forward in gaming in general, and like this fantastic experience that we all remember. Um, but sort of once that initial phase has gone by and stuff mm. like that, and it's still a fun game to go back to, absolutely. But it just doesn't bring me the levels of joy that. NBA Hangtime does. Wow. Because um, when I go back to this game, I always play, when I just pop it in my system, I always play, like, at least three games. Um, because I just have a really hard time not playing because it always runs so fast. The games are always so close. Mm-hmm. And, again, just the combination of the graphics, the speed, and um, the controls, I just find really addictive and really satisfying. And so... I mean, NBA Jam is like a total classic game. Sure. I don't think anyone would deny that. And I think this is the best version of that game. Okay. Um, and so, again, it's a, very, it's a very personal list. I'm not saying from any objective standpoint that NBA Hangtime is a superior game to Super Mario 64. But, I mean, except- you can, if, if you're claiming, like, this is the superior version, this is the best possible version of NBA Jam, yeah. Mario 64 probably isn't the best possible version of Mario. Yeah, it's debatable. You, yeah, that so, is I debatable. So, I mean, you know, if I'm, if I'm throwing some fire sure. in your argument a little bit, yeah. Um, yeah. and you know, and that way, you know, our lists are a little, a little mixed up here. Um, so That's I, interesting. yeah, I would still heartily endorse if you have any interest in fun games <laughs> to go out and play NBA hang time. Wow. Wow. That's yeah. a, that's a big upset right there. That is big. So that's a uh, come from behind victory. Now we just have to wait for Mario to respond. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm sure I Mario party three will get us there. I'm sure that's going to dethrone as the new number <laughs> that's one. The one. That's the one that's going to do it. <laughs> Well, thank you, everybody, for tuning in. We are Ultra 64. You can find us at ultra64podcast.com. We also have, uh, that's our email address, at gmail.com. That's our Twitter handle. That's all of our different stuff. Uh, we want to give another big thank you to Dan Amrick. Yeah, check uh, out that, that was, interview. Yeah, check out that interview in a couple days. Uh, he was just so awesome, so much fun to talk to, and uh, he, he's got some really great stories. If you're a fan of video games from this era, which if you're listening to the show, you probably are. Yeah, learn about him then, singing in Simlish. Exactly. It's really cool. It's really cool. Lots of really cool stories. Uh, speaking of potentially really cool stories, next week we're playing Shadowgate 64. Shadowgate 64. So I imagine if it's anything like the other Shadowgate games, I'm going to be trying to use a torch on a lot of rocks yep. until something happens. That's how we'll it works. see. <laughs> uh, it's a maddening little subgenre of kind of puzzle, kind of RPGs. And I'm curious what the 64 version of that looks like. I have no idea. So tune in for that. It's going to be a weird one. Uh, And uh, until then, squeaky, 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 dribble, dribble, bounce. Terrible shot. Thank you. That's I got a lot of those. Terrible. All right. Good night, everybody. It's good.
tricks I leave. You know the rules, crossover dribbles, taking you to school like that. Next time, remember who you're playing. You get no mercy, know what I'm saying? If you reach, I'ma teach. Too fun to lay up, catch you on the rebound. Game over, stay up. Yeah, what you gonna do when I come through? Oh, oh, what you wanna yeah. do? Hang time, y'all. You know what I'm saying?